What's going on, guys? We're back with another episode today with my brother, Optimize. My man, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I had a good weekend, good weather. Went to go visit my family, actually. Saw my parents back home, so I was nice. I do. I was, I was going to say, are you a fucking little playful? <laughs> I was, dude. I, I was, dude. I, I know. I don't know if you saw my post, but but uh, I was get, like, I, I got an impromptu workout last minute, but I was like, yo, I'm going to hit Galo up in the morning, but I, I didn't end up working out until nighttime. Uh, but my little brother... I don't know if you saw the background and stuff like that. They, he got a power rack. They got oh, a new yeah, bench. Yeah, I saw that. They got like they he got the setup, man. And okay, um, okay. I'm I'm extremely jealous. I'm not gonna lie, because he's got the now he's got the legit garage gym going on. And that looked it looked dope. I was a little jelly. I'm like, yo, is he in town? I don't even know. I know. I know. <laughs> next time, next time, I, uh, I'm, I'm back. We'll we'll plan a little bit in advance. Uh, but oh, yeah, good, now, now he's got the whole hookup. He doesn't have enough weight, but he's a little man. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's that, that it was a pretty sweet uh sweet setup though yeah i know i definitely awesome dude awesome um, but what's going on man what's new with you nothing much brother you know just still navigating uh navigating the business with everything that's going on obviously okay. things are uh i mean things are i want to say getting back to normal but mm-hmm. things are I guess you can say better your things are opening up more we're able to do a little bit more stuff so yeah you know clients obviously uh some coming back some not but you know just doing my best to navigate the situation and uh you know ride the wave hey man that's all we can won't, do, right? won't won't last forever but it's here for a while <laughs> yeah all right listen um all right so i mean today gallo we're gonna talk about uh a an important topic obviously right that's going to be the importance of coaching right obviously it's near and dear to our heart. This is kind of what you, both of us do in, in definitely in our own respective ways, but um, this is something that's been impactful to us and, and we believe it's important. And so we'll dive a little bit into that. But before we get started, we want to remind everybody that everything in this podcast is for general information purposes only, and we're not providing any medical or specific health related advice. And you'll always want to touch base with your personal physician or your own coach <laughs> regarding any uh, specific changes you want to make to your life or health related issues. So without further ado, Gallo, you know, what is a coach, right? I mean, I know you're one. I like to say I'm right. one, but yep. let's, let's, before we even dive into the importance of it, let's, let's define the term what a coach is. So tell me what you think that that means. I think a coach is pretty much someone who can, I don't even want to use the word motivate or inspire because I think it's a little played out. I just think a coach is someone who can guide you in the right direction of where you want to head to, right? I think a lot of people who are looking either to lose weight or you know, build muscle or just improve their health, if they're hiring one of us, it's because we have taken the steps necessary from, all, from our own trials and tribulations and errors to get to where we are now so we can help people. So, and, and I believe every coach, you know, obviously embarks on this, on their own journey with trials and error. Cause all we, you know, it's not like we can all not mess up, but we can learn from those experiences. And then we can help people who are possibly in the beginning stages of where we were once, but we were there with all that confusion. So when people come to us, it's our job to at least, take that confusion away and make that path more clear for them. Yeah, man, that's, that's perfect. I mean, so you're talking about trials and tribulations. So basically what you're saying is, 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 
essentially a person who has experience in whatever you're trying to obtain, right? So it's a form of development, right? And, and it's essentially an experienced person supports a learner or a client in achieving specific personal or professional goals, right? By providing some training and guidance, right? So it's, I mean, typically uh, it's between two people. I mean, sometimes obviously it's between one person and, and, and many coaches, if you will, um, where that individual who has a specific level of expertise is offering their guidance to the latter who's learning and, and trying to be better and, and get closer towards their, their goal. There was a, well, I just quickly, cause I was curious. So I, I wanted to Google and see, <clears throat> pardon me, what comes up from Google. And I, I came across this, I think this is from the Institute for life coach training and that's a, a popular thing nowadays. And a quote that I came across, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. So I'll read it here. It says, Essentially, they describe coaching as a powerful human relationship where trained coaches assist people to design their future rather than help them get over their past, right? So coaches and clients, um, wait, sorry, sorry. Coaches recognize the brilliance of each client and their personal power to develop, what, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a horrible job here. Uh, <laughs> let me read that again. Coaches recognize the brilliance of each client and their personal power to discover their own solutions when provided with support, accountability, and unconditional positive regard. So to me, that mm-hmm. I think like describes everything what, what you and I've put, but much more eloquently. So that's kind of what it means. And again, obviously you've had coaches who've had significant impact in your life. And now you're trying to be that person for a lot of other people, right? Yep. I've had the same throughout my life. I wouldn't be here where I, you know, in the position that I'm in today and, and any success that I've had is attributed to the good mentors and good coaches that I've had throughout my life. And in some respects, that's what I try to provide and, and we try to pay it forward. So with that definition out of the way, and hopefully people have an understanding, um, who can be a coach, right? I, I mean, I think traditionally when people think of the coach, they think of like somebody who's coaching a f- team, right? Football, basketball, soccer, something like that. But right. Who else that we people might not typically think are coaches that you would think are coaches? I think in a weird way, I'm going to tie this around because I believe all of us are um, leaders. Like there's, a, there's that weird thing where we look at people who are maybe like in the spotlight or have a certain position or a certain uh, place in, in a uh, company or role and we look as they are the only ones with that leadership role. But when in reality, it's like when I look back and I, I've only like gone through, um, have you read Extreme Ownership? Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, it's a great book. I, I didn't read all of it. I just kind of like, uh, I kind of stopped like almost maybe three quarters of the way through. But it was that book. And then I forget where I heard this from, man. I forget where I heard this from. And it kind of opened my eyes a lot. But even parents are leaders, right? We don't, we don't know. They don't notice this though, right? I, like I don't like. I think maybe they do. I don't know, right? Obviously, I'm not a parent. But when I look back at my parents, I'm like, they were maybe subconscious. They didn't know, but they are leading us. And so, what I'm trying to say is, I think everyone is a leader or a coach 
to a certain degree. Obviously, we're not going to be out here coaching, you know, uh, the Patriots and making these, you know, these crazy changes to an organization or anything like that. But I think in our daily lives, I think we can play a small part in someone else's life, whether it's from a mentoring standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. I believe we all have those roles and uh, we have those roles to fill in our lives. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's perfect. Uh, you know, the obvious ones, like sports coaches that we talked about, but yeah, I think that parents are, are, are the first coaches that anybody has, right? I mean, yep, they're the 100%. ones who, from the definition that those multiple definitions that we provided earlier, they're giving you that guidance throughout your, basically your whole childhood, your adolescent life, and probably through a, most of your adult life adulthood. as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's really anybody who has that experience that you look up to for some guidance. You know, again, I think there's some subtleties and differences between mentors and coaches, but there's mm-hmm. tremendous amount of overlap as well, right? Because yeah. coaches are typically giving you some specific stuff towards a goal that you're trying to achieve. But again, personal trainers, strength coaches, teachers are, are coaching, right? Probably it's like the greatest coaches and, and the most underappreciated physicians. Yep right? Mm-hmm. And in many respect, and, um, you know, whether you're doing nutritional coaching or health coaching or whatever it might be. And then now the more popular thing, which is life coaching, coaching how to coach. This is actually where JB, John Berardi has shifted his practice towards, right? Oh, has it has really? I haven't even... Uh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, what, what I love about the stuff that he puts out now, yeah. his content is, is less about nutrition and actual the nuances of that and more so about how to get people to buy in i mean that's where they've been so incredibly successful right pn why are are they so remarkable it's because they've figured out how to get people to buy in and and that's to me you know the mark of, of an excellent coach right it doesn't matter you could be equipped with the most knowledge in the world you can have all the certification you can have all the degrees but if your clients or your patients or somebody doesn't buy in and they don't work with you and they don't listen to you, then, then what's, what are you even doing? Right. Correct. And, uh, yeah, so his, his book that I've bought, but I haven't gotten started with it. The change maker. It's actually, uh, I mean, it's, uh, something, something to check out. Definitely. I don't think it's expensive, but, um, on Amazon, it's like one of the, the leading ones, but yeah, but I think essentially it's all about how to get people and, and deliver good coaching strategies. Mm-hmm. So this brings us to, basically the, the, the meat of this discussion here is why do we need coaches, right? I mean, we know what they are, we know who they can be, but what's the purpose? What do you think? Um, when I've hired coaches in, uh, in my life, I've, you know, at least the purpose for me is always to, and I don't want to say avoid the struggle because I think we all have to go through certain phases to grow, but I think it's more of to cut that confuse like that, that middleman, like that little bit of confusion that we have of like thinking of what, what do we do next or what should I be doing or um, how can I go about this? Right. Without, you know, us looking at so, cause I, you know, you, you've heard the thing. We have so much information at our hands. Now there's almost that paralysis paralysis by analysis, or we, we kind of just get stuck reading all this information, but we don't apply anything at all. Right. So I think the value of hiring a coach, whether it's like a personal trainer, a business mentor or coach is to um, 
cut out all that confusion where we can take actionable steps towards our goal. Right. And, and again, like a lot of it is, you know, there can be people who have who hire a trainer, but don't do anything the trainer ever says. Right. So there's that aspect where you are working with a coach and you're taking those steps, you're, you're, you're putting things into place and, and taking action. But then there's, there's that also that other block where I think, where, where I think people don't talk about a lot is that there's an aspect of hiring a coach, right? We believe that coach is going to take us there, right? They, like they have that answer, but in reality it's like, they might have that answer, but we have to do the work. Right. And I think people get lost in this translation where like they are looking at that person with all the answers. And unfortunately, right. it's like, that do person, it for me, right? Like do it for me. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. Right. And, and, and I say that because look, I've hired coaches from like, from a fitness standpoint, from, you know, I've had my own personal trainers. I, I've worked with my, I've worked with like online coaches to kind of understand more of like programming and, and what they do. Sometimes I just work with somebody just to see what, just to kind of get a feel of what they do. Like, I'm always intrigued by, I'm always intrigued by so much in this fitness industry of how people are able to grow their online business or, or what exactly they do. So I, I learn from them, but there's that aspect where like, kind of you said, well, like they expect you expect them to do the work for them, but we are our own like roadblock. Right. So I think the value in the coach is in a way breaking down those walls or, or, or at least getting to getting you to realize that you are your war, you are your own worst enemy. Like you already know what to do. It's almost like we hire those coaches. And I've done it. We hire those coaches more for like self-assurance, for affirmation. Mm-hmm. Like we know what to do. We just have that self-doubt. Like we are holding, we, like people hold their own selves back from taking action and doing what they really want to do. So we hire a coach to kind of um, compensate or, or uh, what would the best way to put it? But either to compensate or to put value into something that we know what to do, but at least this time we have someone kind of telling us what to do. Yeah. And sometimes it can work, right? Sometimes that, you know, that person will, that coach or mentor will definitely help you. And there's times where like, you know what? So, Cause I've gone through things where like, I've gone through like a coaching, coaching experiences where like, I just took, I just soaked in the lessons, but I didn't do jack, jack of anything when it came to me putting stuff into place. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just me soaking up information and still not doing anything. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that can be learned through coaching and, and mentorship and experiences but at the end of the day, that person can do the work for you. Yeah, way to catch yourself there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, dude, that's a. I mean, that's so well said. I, I think that. I, I mean, I don't have much to add on. I guess, dude, I'll just bring it home and reiterate and with some key words that I, I think that really stick out to me when I think about coaches. And you know, the obvious one is that they're probably trying to teach us something, right? It's typically a skill of some sort um, and imparting that knowledge and the wisdom that they have from that experience that they've gained. Sometimes it's to help troubleshoot, right? Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you're talking about elite athletes and let's just say Olympic lifting as a skill, right? And 
and somebody's trying to fine tune their snatch or their power clean and they've they've done really really well but they want to get to the next level and it's a very technical movement and they can help troubleshoot that right so that's another right. one yeah um a lot of times it's to i mean just provide us that guidance kind of like what you're saying you know uh, another thing that, that you've kind of touched upon is to keep us accountable, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're not there and, 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 you know, whether it's you let other things that might not be priority get in the way, that's when the coach kind of gets on your butt and, and keeps you accountable. You know, when right. you're like falling down or you're not doing your ish, like, you know, they say, Hey, like this, you know, what are you doing? Get your head out of your butt. Yep. That's one of my, my football coaches favorite things to say, you know, him, <laughs> Dr. Lake. <laughs> Mr. Lake, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Lake. Um, but ultimately, I think that, you know, like I said, you know, the difference to me, the word coach is so powerful because, I mean, you know, how you, you, like I said, teachers can be coaches, but I think traditional in the traditional sense, like they're just educating you, right? Which is, which a, mm-hmm. which is what a coach is doing, but a coach is also motivating you and building you up, right? And building you up and empowering you to be able to get there yourself, not doing it for you. Right. right. Like that's exactly what you're saying. And I think that's what it's, it's the most powerful relationship in my mind. Like that that's out there, honestly, obviously parents is more, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, that teacher learner relationship, like out of that, like the coach is to me a combination of all those things. And that's why I think that it's such a cool thing. Um, and I think that one of the things I know that you talk about is, is one of your favorite things to focus on is like consistency over effort, essentially. Like just consistency showing in day in and day out. And that's a hard thing for people to do, right? Because right. I mean, you know, it's just our culture is like go big or go home. We're all in or you're not all out. You know what I mean? It's really yeah. hard. And it's like the instant gratification thing. Yeah. But this is sometimes where it's so good for the coach to keep you accountable and to, to kind of just say, hey, pump the brakes. It's okay. You know, they can see the big picture. They can see the long haul and they can kind of keep, you know, just keep rewording or just reformatting or rephrasing your goals for you and try to help you out. So why don't you talk a little bit about like that concept of consistency or just like fine tuning the details just showing up day in, day out, because I know that's like your, your, you, you always talk about that. And, and I think that's, that's valuable here, but it's particularly how a coach can help you be consistent rather than just like all in at one time and, you know, try to get it all the, the, whatever the goals are at the same time, the results, I should say. Yeah. I mean, like when it comes to like working with a coach or if like you're, you know, you're doing this on your own, or at least maybe with some type of uh, guidance from somebody, I think the most important thing a coach can help you in is avoiding that all, like Altamont said, like that all-in mentality. And don't get me wrong, like that all-in mentality still applies to even doing small things day in and day out, right? But I think we all get wrapped up. We, we get our head or our minds wrapped around this idea where if we don't have something accomplished by a certain day, like kind of like that instant gratification you're talking about, we kind of like automatically just think nothing's working, right? And we don't see those small, that's why doing those daily, oh man, what's that word? I, I, I'm literally working with somebody. Um, there's that, it's called small daily wins. Like, do you follow Steve Krebs 
I, I, I think I might I think I might have told you about him or not. On uh, like, on Instagram, I do. Yeah, like like there's 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 a couple of people he talks about a lot about like small daily wins, right? Stat and stack stacking uh, small daily disciplines that are going to lead you to what the outcome goal is. Like a lot of us always have like outcome based goals, right? But behind those outcome based goals, there's behavior based goals. So say for example, like the outcome based goal is like lose 20 pounds. Okay. But we don't have what most people kind of like don't do is that they don't reverse engineer the, the plan to get to that goal. We just look at the surface level of like lose 20 pounds. All right, lose 20 pounds. Let's let me work out more. Let me eat less. Right. Just no. I mean, that's kind of like the plan, but there's no really plan behind that. Right. But then if you kind of step back and now you break it down, like what should I be doing every day to get closer to those goals? Like I, I've, I've been doing on a um, probably for like the past two years. And again, like for the past, you know, and not every time I hit those goals, but like I, I usually do like something called 90 day outcomes. Right. So it's pretty much every every quarter, pretty much. Oh, was that uh, the inspiration for the 90 day lunging thing? Uh. Kind of, yes, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I kind of the lunging thing was one of a, a more of like a. I saw Corey G, Corey. I'm not sure if you know Corey Gregory, this guy out in like the the Midwest in Columbus. Um, he, you know, he, something about like him doing that challenge and and he did it and it just looked. I like doing tough stuff. Like it was and it was definitely tough, right? But like. And he did it for, he does it almost like every day, but I was like, let me start off with something maybe like 90 days or whatever. Right. Just to make him of like a habit or just kind of just try something out. Wait, Again, what, what does he do? He just does it every day forever. He, that's kind of like his, um, what does he does it every day? He kind of like cycles, cycles it off, but it's kind of like his cardio for the, for the morning or for the week. So, he, so instead of running, he does walking lunges for 400 meters for, for 400, 800 meters. Now the times he gets is, is my like I don't know how he like do he began like eight hundred meters in like eight minutes I don't know how because <laughs> I can barely get four hundred in like fifteen but yeah, I mean he's been doing it, it for years though but yeah yeah but he's been doing it for years right but circle back around there's that the outcome and that behavior right and usually what we miss out is reverse engineering the goal with the behaviors we have to do to get to that goal right so if we want to lose 20 pounds or what should we, what should we be doing every day to get to the goal? Right. We should be, we should be walking 10 K steps per day. Should be getting seven, eight hours of sleep. We should be eating three, four protein based meals. We should be, um, cutting, um, now I want to say cut them. I mean, again, this could depend on, on the workout or, or the uh, training regimen that you're on, but you know, maybe calorie, uh, carb cycling or calorie cycling, um, movement every day gallon of water every day right but if you stack those wins in a week in two weeks three weeks a month right you're going to get much closer to that outcome-based goal but again that stems back to changing our own behavior and what i think most of us get lost in this especially people who are trying to embark on this um you know again we always talk about like the fitness weight loss journey is that we just have this idea that I want to lose 20 pounds. But then there's no roadmap. There is no game plan 
So how are we going to get there? And then there's that all in approach where like usually at the end, you know, beginning of the year, it lasts for like two, three weeks. And then you start getting a little unmotivated because the weight is not coming off. Maybe, maybe the weight is coming off, but now it's getting harder and harder to go to the gym every day. Right. And that's where like the, I guess you can say the momentum is always lost because we don't have clarity of where we want to go with our goal. There's just that idea of losing 20 pounds, but there's no game plan of stacking those daily wins and doing those small habits that in the long run make a huge, huge change to where we want to go or accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of small habits, I think that one of the things that you and I have talked offline is about tracking behaviors, right? Which is kind of, you've touched upon a few times today already, um, rather than just tracking outcomes because we're so outcome based, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and it starts when we're super young, right? Like, did you get a 95 or out of a hundred or did you get yeah. a or B or something like that? Right. Um, and then I think this kind of ties into the whole reverse engineering thing, but it can be complicated for people to understand that. Right. I think that, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. When I first, when I first learned about this, like uh, when I caught into, I guess you can say, I mean, I like to call it, I mean, I guess the big word to call it nowadays, like personal development really. Right. Right. And maybe that's, that was always the word, but when I got into that stuff and then kind of started learning stuff, I was just like reverse engineer. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I'm like, what the just yeah. kind of confused. I was like, you know, and then like, um, then, you know, obviously you, you, you read stuff, you watch videos, yeah. you, you, you work with somebody, hire somebody and just like, okay, now this stuff makes sense, but it's so, still hard to wrap your head around it. So, so let's give some examples then. Right. Okay. So ch- tie that into an example. So let's, we'll just pick a goal and then we'll, we'll try to reverse engineer that. Right. So just pick something really right, so, arbitrary. So, so I'll, actually, I'll actually talk about a, a an outcome I had probably like last year All right. and I came close Personal to it and then I, then, I, then I just kind of stopped. And obviously, so like one of my goals is to, is to build like an online business. Okay. Like a fitness nutrition online business. And I was like pretty, so like I was working with, uh, was working with Cody. I'm not sure if you know Cody uh, McBroom out in Seattle. I think you mentioned his name. Yeah. He lo- 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 man, I love his stuff. love everything he writes in his nutrition blog. And just as a coach, I work with him as a, I actually hired him probably, probably three years ago to work online just as a trainer, just kind of like go through his programming for like three months or four months. And then eventually became more of like a personal development, personal development, uh, business coach mentors, mentoring. And we, and at one point we were talking about, cause he noticed I was like a trainer as well. And he was like, Hey dude, like, like, what do you, uh, what do you do? Like, what are you trying to like build or, or, uh, or accomplish, I guess you can say in like the long term or whatever it was. And I was like, well, I'm trying to build like an online business. And at the time, I just, I think it was maybe like in my second year, I think maybe like a little bit past a year of like me doing, like starting my in-person training business. But I was like, I'm definitely, you know, I want to start an online business and, and, and grow one. So like we set an outcome of like saying we try to get 10 online members, 10 online coaching members. So again, like what steps do you have to take to get to those 10 online coaching members? One is kind of being active on social media, like the obvious, right? So then we kind of develop a game plan of like, and, and if you go back, like maybe like two, like a year and a half, two years ago, I would probably say, like I was really posting a good amount of like 
fitness, nutrition, content. And I didn't get 10 members within those 90 days, but I got six members that I was coaching for a good maybe six months. But then, again, my goal was, that's just, this is why you always have to come back to these 90-day outcomes and, and remind yourself of what you're doing. And Like, I think it's important for people to set goals. But then, like, I stopped posting stuff. And I haven't posted stuff in a while. And I still want to grow an online business. But I can't grow an online business without posting stuff. So what do I have to do? I have to kind of come up with a game plan. I'm like, all right, I have to go back to the drawing board. I should post maybe one time every day for the next 90 days. Whether it's a fitness thing or a nutrition thing or a mindset thing. But uh, I still have that desire to build an online business. But I haven't done, I haven't done anything to grow it. Right. So there's that, I guess you can say, like I'm falling in that category where say someone's trying to lose 20 pounds, but I'm doing absolutely nothing to get to that goal. Like I just have that goal in mind. Yeah. So, so using that example, how, which behaviors could you track, right? Let's just stay with the online business thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which behaviors could you track to solve that roadblock that you're having? Like, like how could you use behavior tracking rather than outcome tracking? Because the outcome tracking is easy, right? It's like yeah, business, yep. yes or no. Yes or no. Post, it, yeah. you know, post, I think even post yes or no. Mm-hmm. But I think even like what behaviors could you track? I'm curious to see if you. Yeah. So I, 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 I will kind of just run through things that I kind of have already set in place that I need to start doing because I've, I've already had this conversation with somebody. So one is, is a, at least a post every day. But I mean, it can be seven days a week or it can be Monday to Friday. I mean, I know I've been trying to kind of like uh, like control the amount of time I'm spending on social media. But like, I guess if you want to grow a business online, you kind of have to be present a lot, right? But again, you can start with one time a week every day posting something for this fitness, nutrition, whatever. Uh, next thing is one blog post a week. One, two videos a week. Um, start by building like a... Uh, an exercise library catalog and just things that I have written down to, uh, to kind of get me in the mindset and the, um, the goal of building that online business. But now I have those things written down. What's left? Take a guess. So what's left now? I have those things written oh, yeah. down. Now what I got to do? Execute it. Execute it. Right. I got to take action on it. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, and again, like I'm, ain't nothing going to happen if I don't take action on it. Right. Yeah. So I've, I've been hard on myself with it. Cause obviously I've been slacking with it and, and, uh, and not doing what I need to do. But again, yeah. like I, I hope my example definitely helps people understand like whether it's online business or, or fitness and nutrition or whatever it is, like, there's an outcome-based goal. Then we have what we need to do, but are we taking action? Yeah. That's interesting, man. You know, and I, you know, I would have probably gotten even deeper into it in terms of looking at the behaviors and like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, cause uh, I've had similar struggles, right? Yeah. But I would look at it like, okay, so what is it about the days that just taking the posting example, right? Like what is it about the days that I end up posting versus not posting? What is it different about those days? Is it because I didn't sleep well last night because I worked late and I'm so tired looking mm-hmm. at that behavior? 
Was it the sleep quality? Now, I mean, again, like that's, this is dissecting and maybe a little bit too deep into it. But for some yeah, people, yeah. like though, that kind of insight is extremely valuable. Maybe yeah. it was like, uh, you know, a quarrel with my spouse and my mood is off. And therefore, I don't feel like posting or putting myself on social media or I don't feel, quote unquote, as inspirational or as motivating today to inspire others. Mm-hmm. So I think those kinds of things can help you troubleshoot even deeper into okay, why am I not doing like, okay, so again, that's where the reverse engineering, like you, you went, you started with a big goal of like 10 members in 90 days, right? And I think the 90, 90 days number that people shouldn't get hung up on the 90 days number. I mean, that's what you picked and worked for you. 90 day outcomes. It could be right. 60 yeah. days. It could be 120. It could be really, but yeah, I wouldn't make it too short, but even it could be 30 days. That's fine. Or depending on the goal, right? Yeah. Um, or shorter than that. But I think that you, that's the big goal. That's the ultimate prize. Then you went back onto like a post a day, a blog a week or whatever. Then you, then you can go break that down even further into days you posted versus days you didn't if you weren't successful. And the days you didn't post, you track your, if you're tracking your behaviors like your mood, sleep, stress levels, things like that, things that you're doing, right? Like some people say, if, you're, if something's a priority to you, like exercise, a typical one, right? You should put it on in the first thing in the morning. Or if you want to read 10 pages a day, or if you want to do, do it first thing in the morning, if you're not a morning person, don't do that. Right. Right. So th- things like that, I think tracking those behaviors and going down from the big goal to next step to next step to next step and, and figuring out, okay, how was my sleep quality? And that impacted what my mood was, or, you know, my relationship with my significant other impacted what my mood was and therefore I wasn't inspired if, if that's what you're into and, and this could again this could have to do with vlogging or blogging or content creation of any sort because that's a big thing nowadays right I mean in some sense what we're doing now at this very moment falls to that category so I think that's what it is in terms of the consistency one of your favorite topics what you talk about a quote that always resonates with me again from my man Eric Cressy is small hinges swing big doors, right? And what that means is it's the same concept of showing up every single day. And it's not about like every single time you show up to the gym or every meal that you have is going to be the perfect meal or every time you show up to the gym is going to be the perfect workout. Like you're going to hit PR what you're doing and you're going to add 10 pounds every time you you get to, to, to squat. But if you just show up day in and day out, and you're consistent, then at, at the very least, you're probably not going to get worse, right? Unless you hurt yourself. And then maybe today you're not having a good day, but the next workout might be better. The next meal is going to be better, right? It's yep. a classic example that people give is one meal won't derail your nutrition program. We talked about this last time. You're eating 20, if you're eating three meals a day, that's 21 meals a week. I mean, what percentage is that one meal? right? Same thing with your workout. If you're working three times a week, minimal effective dose, four, four, to, four weeks, that's 12 workouts a month times 12 months. That's 144 workouts. If you missed one or two workouts, I mean, because of something else happened, because that was necessary, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal. So just showing up day in and day out sometimes is more valuable than coming in and kicking butt every single time. And I think that's what people feel to appreciate. And I know I certainly did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and now it's like, even when days I'm not feeling a gallo, I, I think I recently told, told you about an incident, you know, it's just like, 
if I look at it as just moving, you know what? I'm not really feeling like deadlifting today, but that doesn't mean I can't do a quick warm up mobility work and then go for a walk. Right. Right. I'm still moving. I'm still doing something. I'm still getting some exercise, right? They're still doing some recovery benefit from that. So I think that's, those are some of the things. And in terms of where a coach can help you, you know, these are thoughts that when people get in their own head, this is what a coach can help facilitate for you, right? This is why every time somebody comes into your session, um, and now I can't see you at all. Before I could see your glasses with the dark, and now I can't even see you at all. So it's like I'm I'm talking to just Blair Witch. I'm right here, but, my man. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. But um, this is why when your when your clients show up to to work out with you, you, you told me the first thing you ask is, "How was your last workout? Are you sore? How do you feel today?" Right? Because if you need to, you can call an audible. If you need to, you can troubleshoot or, or you know if they feel fantastic and they slept well and they're ready to go or in the warm up, you, you see them, them moving the weights. You're like, you know what? Let's crank this up by 10% today. Cause I know you're going to hit your PR. Right. You know what I mean, Or let's dial this back. Your form looks like crap. And person like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And you're like, no, you're going to hurt yourself. I know you are. Right. And so those are some valuable things that I think um, people can benefit from. And I think that, I think before we jump off, because I, I, we, we want to finish this off by giving some personal examples, although you, you already did, but uh, I'm going to ask you to, to, to dig deep for another one yeah. where a coach has benefited us directly in our lives. I want to also make this valuable for other coaches if they are listening. And one of my favorite coaches out there is Martin Rooney, right? He was a, before he started training for Warriors, he was the, um, Oh man, he was the, uh, he wasn't this chief. Um, he was, I think he was a CFO. He was a part of this team. Maybe I don't know, whatever. He, he might've been the CFO for a preseason speed school and he was our coach. And, and now he's big into his, his new book, coach to coach. He gave a seminar for perform better recently where he talked about what a coach brings and what a coach is responsible for. So I call these the 10 Rooney rules. Oh, okay. Right. And so I think that you're going to like them. Uh, number one is a coach's job is to find his or her value and meaning in someone else's, right? Um, number two, a coach's job is to help people navigate the distance between now and then, right? So we're talking about goals, right? Somebody's like, I- I'm here now. I want to get to point B. They're going to help you navigate. Maybe you take a left, right, left. Maybe it's a straight line. Maybe it's the other way around. And, and maybe you have some obstacles as you go along and that's where right. they pivot. That's where they call the audible, like I talked about. Number three, a coach's job is taking people from knowing to doing using the tools of patience and time. And that's exactly what you just talked about, right? It's one thing to know what you have to do, but to actually execute it, mm-hmm. right? Execute it. It's a different story. Number four, a coach's job is to use the magic of optimism, positive energy, and belief. I think that explains itself. A coach's job is to use enthusiasm like a bonfire for others. I like that one. I mean, that's just bringing energy every single day. As a coach, you have to get fired up first before you will make anyone else burn. That one's exciting. And, and that's the one that I learned working with young kids. Man, I don't know if you, how, how, young, how young do you coach? Like how, what's your youngest client? Or like um, I mean, I've, I've had like, like 11, fifth, 10 year olds. Yeah, I would say fifth, fourth grade. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. 11, 10 year olds. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's more or less challenging to coach a 10 year old than is to 19 year old? 
more challenging. Way more challenging, right? Yeah, <laughs> way more challenging. I think people have this impression that like training an Olympic athlete would be hard, or training a professional athlete would be hard, or like a Division One college player. But people have no clue because those guys are incentivized and they're self motivated and they're driven to get to their task. But trying to coach a group of seven, eight, nine year olds, man, yeah. that's a different challenge in itself, and that's extremely hard. And I remember Coach. Rooney telling me is like, you need to show up with fire because kids are going to call you on your BS. They're going to know. Oh, they, when they, you, yeah, you they definitely energy. will. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to know when you lack energy. If you lack energy, they lack energy and, and you can't, you can't get them to focus. Right. And it's like one of my favorite things that he would say at, at Parisi is like, you know, what was it exactly? I want, I want to get the quote, right. He's like, if you, Yeah if you act the way you want to become, then you become the way you act. Right. So that's, okay. that's the idea of like, and, and I'll say it again, cause I think it's a point worth repeating. It's like, if you act the way you want to become, then you become the way you act. And that could be both positive and negative, but that's where the idea of if you get fired up first before you make anyone else burn. Right. That's the, that's what that one means to me. All right. So number seven, as a coach, you have to know what someone wants to motivate them ask and find the motive, right? This is where the, this is pretty basic. As a coach, you have to have fun. If you aren't fun, they will find the person or place that is. That's ultimately, I mean, you can't be all business, right? You gotta, you gotta make it fun as well. Yep. As a coach, you have to appreciate your people. What gets rewarded is repeated. And that's positive reinforcement, classic. Mm -hmm. And lastly, as a coach, you have to cheer them on. Everyone loves recognition. So I think nine or 10 kind of go hand in hand. So hopefully, to all the coaches that are listening out there, this is something that they'll, they'll take down. If you know, these are 10 really important Rooney rules. So I would definitely rewind and write that down and try to use that immediately. All right, Gail, last, before we let everybody go, let's, let's give an example, a personal example of where you, we found value in a coach. I'll let you go first, man. Value in the coach as in uh, like anything, like from anything. So I found, I found a lot of value. So recently, um, I've been working with so Andy McCloy. I know I've told you I think all too much about Andy McCloy. He's out in Alabama, and uh, luckily I was able to. So I was scheduled to go out to a business sports performance mentorship out in Alabama, but then you know obviously quarantine or I would say COVID uh, shut every you know, ruined everything right. They <laughs> ruined everybody's plans. So uh, he offered a. It was like a month. I forget. It was like a six week, you know, he does kind of like a business coaching mentorship type program. He does every, like every 90 days, like every quarter. So he did it for the first six weeks. I learned a lot in, in those six weeks, took a bunch of notes that I wanted to either start implementing in my business or going forward. So I found a lot of value in those six weeks that I ended up actually signing up for his, um, his mentorship for 90 days. I think it was 90 days. Yeah, yeah, for 90 days. So within those 90 days is where, and again, like I've, I've learned a lot of this stuff already, but again, it's like the accountability of it, right? It's doing these things daily. So like one thing I learned from Cody, this was from Cody, and I'm trying to think if I wonder somewhere else. It was mainly Cody that definitely introduced me to it, but it was uh, something called Core 4. And, and 
and they learned it. I mean, Andy or Cody, you know, they learned it for somebody who, uh, who I, I guess, you know, once I found out where this idea comes from or, or, or it stems from, is this guy called Jerry, Gary J. White. He runs uh, Wake Up Warrior. So Core 4 is something that is pretty much deals with, like, and it's two, like, it's two small habits daily that you do. And all, you, you might have, I mean, you got, I mean, because I was going through it. So, like, you were getting these appreciation measures daily for the first, like, 30 days I was doing it. And then I you get that. it, yeah. And then you get it here and there, because again, I try to cycle it off. And I was like, I also getting too much love. I got to change it up a little bit. <laughs> Miss it, man. <laughs> Don't worry, you're coming up soon. <laughs> but uh, but so pretty much in this core four that I and and you feel so much better when I do it too, because there's days where I, you know again I don't do all of it right because the the point of it is to do it uh, core four right before you step out the door. Right, so it's kind of like your morning routine. So you you, you hit so it's things to do with a body, body being balanced and business, right? And for business, it's like declaring. So like uh, starting to declare, right? You read and take notes, right? Uh, uh, relationships. It, it's uh, usually for me, sending out two, it could be anything. It could be email, text, letter. Um, if it's obviously if somebody is present in your life, you can, you know, write a sticky note or something, but it's showing appreciation and love for a friend. Like, hey, dude, I love you, man. Hope you're having a great day, right? Obviously, you could, you could do a lot more than that, but just a simple message like that goes a long way to people. Right? You can't, I can't tell you how many times I've actually wasn't in the mood to, to like send it. And again, so simple to do, but then it's like, when you look at it, I'm just like, wow, I didn't send this message because I was being lazy, right? And it's happened, but uh, I sent it out to one of my clients who's like, you know, it's one of my clients, but real good friend of mine, man. And we, we definitely grown close as from this client coach relationship. And I sent it to him and I was like, brother, you're, you're an amazing, not only are you an amazing client, but you're an amazing friend. Thank you so much for your, your advice and all this stuff. And he was having a bad day, bro. Message me. He was like, dude, that text made my day. Right. Just from that simple message of just turning around for him. Right. Just showing somebody appreciation. Right. I think it goes a long way. And so pretty much you got the appreciation. You have the, the business where it's like, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be anyone who runs a business, but like just study, you know, read a book, take notes, or you can read a book, uh, post it online, right? Whatever you read or whatever you, you want to learn and declare to the world. Then you go uh, into your body, right? So it's like green shake and warm up or uh, warm up or like mobility flow or like a hundred pushups. Right? I know I was doing green shake and I was doing lunges. That was my thing in the mornings. And then uh, the next one is, um, oh man, what's the next one? The next one is pretty much to do with like a, some type of commitment. So it could be like 30 minutes of writing stand-up comedy jokes every day. Or it could be five minutes of meditation every day. So those two things you do every day for 90 days. Right? And you track it, right? You, you obviously keep a list. You track it, you get it done, and I post it in the Facebook group. Right? So like... I learned that, that I, re- I learned that core four like two years ago with Cody and I do it sometimes and cycle it off. And I'll tell you this, when I do it, I feel much better. So in this program with Andy, you know, we started again, he implemented, you know, as part of his coaching program. So we started doing it again and started doing it again. And there's so much value to me that comes from, from that aspect alone from like, it, like the program could be only doing the core four every day. And I would have been happy. Right. I think it goes a long way from like a, from a from getting out of your own head um especially with me with with trying to like uh because i was struggling at first with like that uh, appreciation matches it was just 
I found it like, I want to say like weird, but like, I was just like, I don't know if I can just tell people I love them like that, bro. <laughs> like, like, it was just weird. Yeah. And India was like, dude, like if, if you have, if you feel that way, that's something you need to do. Yeah. It's a little awkward. Right? It's yeah. a little awkward. It can be a little awkward. Right. And like, and, and here's a crazy part. He's like, and this is this, the message is not even based on what they respond. The message is based, the message is for you. Right. Cause obviously I could send the message and then no one, the person doesn't reply back. And now we'll start thinking, what, you know, did I do something wrong or whatever it is, right? But he's like, the thing yeah. is, it's not about it's not about their reaction. Yeah, that's not the purpose of it. Yeah, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose yeah. is for you to tell them that, regardless of what they say or don't say, right? So that was like a good. I was like, all right, okay, like, and then obviously there was more conversation with with, with that uh, dialogue that me and him had, but it was huge. And and now I send messages like fuck, like like nobody. Like <laughs> I just you know, and I have a list. I you know, I wrote down a list of like friends, family. And all this stuff, and you know, I just kind of go to the list, just pick two people, and I just send them out. Whether it's an Instagram message or or, an, uh, or a text message, I'd be like, just quick message, show them appreciation, and love, and and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel like it just feels good. Uh, I guess you can say, just letting people know you love them, or just have some appreciation for them. There's absolutely no harm to it, right? There's I mean, no harm to. There's no harm to it, right? There is no harm to it. So. No, dude, that, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's a good story. I mean, it's it's good for me to because I was the recipient of that for a while, like you said. And you were for so the the, the, too, the, the thing about that was like for the first thirty, so which I find weird. I, I still find it weird, but when I started doing it, he was like, pick two people for the first thirty days. You send those two people messages, and I was like, the only thing I could come up with was like, all right, let me send, let me start with Altamaj and Derek. Yeah, but I was What's like, up, but, but but after like two weeks, I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of like saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, dude, just, just keep saying it. It does yeah. not matter. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's I, good I started, with here. I started with you two. And then yeah. I kind of just expanded the list. <laughs> it makes me feel special, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> nah, it, uh, that's good for me to hear the backstory of it. And I'm, I'm glad you, you, you chose to give this example because I think it really highlights how you were able to step outside of your comfort zone. Right. Because of your coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though things that were that were novel to you and the concept was crazy, and you were like, "What? I'm not doing this. This this makes no sense. This is weird." And and all That's these li- different. That was literally, that was literally my yeah. thought about that yeah. the whole time. I was like, "Really, dude?" Yeah. I was like, and, "And now it's just natural." And I was like, was "So natural. what? So yeah. so what?" And, you know. And uh, so the example that I, I I'm gonna use the value, and it's actually, you know, I think that you know people might, I think some future we'll dive into a little bit more, but. One of the reasons I, I went into strength and conditioning and then exercise and all that stuff and then ultimately medicine and then now going to sports medicine is, is because of all the injuries I've accumulated, right? And it all started with my shoulders hurting a long time ago and then just one thing, next thing. And I know that I've had a lot of biomechanical issues in how I train, which is leading to all these injuries, right? And I know I train hard, but lots of people train hard. But it was actually back in 2018 that I had a pretty significant injury and it it turned into a lot of discomfort and pain. Mm. And I was, so I took some time off from, from training from, from some back issues. And then I was like, all right, I got to get back into it. But you know what? Clearly I'm not doing something right. Right. I mean, it's just not normal to have all these injuries left and right. I mean, people train like worse than me. And and there's been time where my volume has been crazy and it's been okay. So like, what's up? Like I, I need, I need some help. I need some guidance. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the time, like, like, you know, champion, the folks up in P, uh, champion in Boston, uh, they're PT based, but they also do performance. They were finally offered 
uh, online coaching, one, one-on-one online coaching. So I signed up for it. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's where I met this guy. He's a young guy, Dewey, his name is. And he's now the fitness manager and strength and conditioning coach up at Champions. So, you know, he's, he's big time up there now. But, um, you know, we went through the whole initial assessment and everything like that. You know, we talked and stuff. And just trusted him. We started programming. It was very rehab oriented in the beginning, and then slowly built up to to more and more. You know, trying to feed towards my goals and trying to become more you know performance based and be athletic and continue to train the way that I wanted to train. But and for me, it was like you know what I'm going to trust this guy. And it was hard in the beginning because um, I mean I've been doing this for a long time and I've been learning about this stuff and in podcasts, reading, just literally just do it for fun night and day. You know, I mean, just enjoy this. And to me, it doesn't seem like work. And so it's like, I, I feel like I have a strong foundation. Obviously there, I have tons more to learn. You know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I, I know very little, mm-hmm. but one of the things, the example that I use is for maybe over a decade I, I just stopped bench pressing, right? Because it didn't feel good for my shoulders. Uh, bench pressing, incline pressing, barbell pressing of any sort, right? Because I mean, I have both torn rotator cuffs and I have a torn labrum in one shoulder. And so it's just not an exercise for me. So it's, it's really been push-up variations, dumbbell pressing, that kind of stuff. But after a couple of months working through this, and another thing that I know is that doing rotator cuff strengthening routinely is extremely valuable. But this is the thing, when you're programming for yourself, sometimes it's hard to be objective, right? Sometimes you tend to favor the exercises that you want to do. And I don't routinely work in a program rotator cuff, direct cuff strengthening for myself. Just following and trusting this person, after a decade, I was finally putting up like big bait, like over 200 pounds of benching, you know, which isn't a lot, but for somebody who didn't do barbell pressing for extended period of time with messed up shoulders, right. do that dumbbell pressing and push up variations, but incline pressing, barbell pressing, doing that again. And it's fun. It's something that I enjoy doing. You know, the same goes for other exercises like deadlift variation. And, and when exercises come up is, you know, he'll, he'll push me to do some exercises. Like sometimes you know, another thing is like when you're feeling pain, when you know you have injuries, your own anxiety takes over. And, you know, I'm also very knowledgeable about what not to do and how injuries can get worse because this is what I do. I do musculoskeletal medicine. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm like, yo, like, this is not a good idea. I shouldn't do this. And he'd be like, just, just trust me. Like, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's tweak this. Let's just change up your foot position will be something, or it'll be like, you know, try different, try squatting shoes or try this and that. And, you know, um, and that's what I love. I love that he'll challenge me on some things. And then sometimes it'll be like, yo, it's still not working. And I'm like, okay, then that exercise is not for you. Right. You know, we're not trying to like fit a, um, a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes if, if an exercise doesn't work and you've tried different variations of it and you've tried different, um, you know, try to make different modifications, still not working. There's no point in ever forcing exercise. And in a previous episode I've talked about where, you know, as a person, you're con- like, you know, you, you as a person are contradicted to an exercise, not specific exercise. Right. And, and, and in some circumstances I am, but he's really been able to help me tease that out. And, you know, he still programs for me now. You know what I mean? I find, cause I find significant value in that. So shout out to my man. If he does listen, um, 
to this. So that's that's been huge for me. It's been a, a game changer for me, and it also that's makes awesome, it fun. Dude. So, um, so that's that, man. But um, I think that hopefully people will take away something from this. They'll be able to appreciate the coaches that they've had in their life who've had an impact on them. And uh, be even able to to look at some of the coaches that they didn't think necessarily what individuals coaching them and be able to appreciate that. And and if not, then and and you're on the on the verge, and you've always been thinking about maybe hey, I need might might need some guidance to get get an expert. Um, try it, try it. Like you know, I I never thought uh, that I needed that, and and now I've been doing it for over a year, and uh, you know, I, I want to stick with it. Yeah. Right. Because it's yeah, I mean, important to me. I, I would definitely say like, um, you know, again, sometimes working with a coach can is like a huge investment and in, in not only money, but time and, and energy. But I always feel like whatever you're trying to learn or get better at doing, um, it's, it's worth it, man. Like it's, it's worth it. Like, again, like even, uh, you know, this goes back to working with Cody but I think because he's the first person, at least from my memory, that I remember saying him saying. But again, me and you are coaches, right? So a lot of people look at us like we kind of know the answer. But even coaches need coaches. You know, so learning never Absolutely. stops. Yep. Learning never stops. Absolutely. Well, dude, on that note, that's perfect. Um, but before we go, we want to make sure, obviously, like you said, we're both coaches. So if, Gallo, if somebody finds some value into this and they want to reach out to you and they want to do, are you doing online coaching now? Are you doing anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing. You're still coaching. doing that. So, yeah. uh, you know, definitely, guys, reach out to Gallo. Gallo, how can they get a hold of you on Instagram and your email address? Guys, my Instagram handle is uh, Gallo.ggfitness, and you can, uh, if you have questions, concerns, want to work with me, just email me Gallo.ggfitness at gmail.com. Absolutely. And, um, but again, Gal, uh, you know, uh, guys, if, if, if you want to try it and see if it's a good fit, a good fit for Gallo, that's, that's definitely something that I'd recommend. Obviously he's spectacular. And that's why I love, um, you know, these doing these podcasts with him. I love talking to him and uh, I've known him for a long time. Uh, but guys, you can always reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, can't give any specific advice, obviously, but would love to talk to you or, or elaborate or anything that we talked about here or any in the previous episodes. You can reach me on Instagram at dr.altraja. That's Dr. Altaraja. Uh, you can email me at altamash, A-L-T-A-M-A-S-H-E, raja at gmail.com. And all our contact information is in the description of our podcast as well. Um, we hope you find some, some value to this. Enjoy this. And uh, if, you, if you like it, share it. Uh, let your friends know, let your family know. Um, you know that's how we can get this, uh, this message across and, and try to continue to help people. All right, Gallo. It's been fun, bud. Talk well, to you next awesome time. Awesome as man. always. My man, right, see you. Peace. Later.